the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and we've got a lot more news than we have reviews this week, but I blame DC Comics because they did their convention this week, and we'll get to it after this. We're going to start with a little bit of... I find this some very interesting news from the Cowboy Bebop front, which admittedly is not a show I was particularly interested in, but hey, there we go. Uh, they're doing something a little bit backwards from what we're used to when we have something translated from Japanese into English. This time we're getting an English live-action version of the Japanese show, but when it gets translated into Japanese, they're using the original cast of the Japanese, uh, with the Japanese actors, to do the dub from the English. Which I think this is kind of cool. It's everybody cool. except uh, Onsho Ish, I, um, I, Jet. He played Jet. <laughs> I am not going to do anything with your name. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I would make an even bigger mess of this. Uh, the only reason they didn't get him is because he passed away in 2018. Everybody said, else because he's dead. Because that show's pretty old. Uh, I personally really, really like the show, as in the original, the animated thing. Very fun, very cool, very hip. Has the cool jazz score. And I think it's very cool that they're doing a live action. But that might be the coolest thing about it. Going back to the original cast to do the Japanese dub of a live action. That is slick. I like that. I, I like that. That's a, just conceptually, that's cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's see. I guess now we do get to go to the DC fandom stuff. And the way I've got this set up, I'm going to give you the good news first. Hmm. And from there, it's every one of these is going to get progressively worse. Well, that fits with <clears> because DC lately, sadly. DC. Because um, if you listen to the show, you know I am actually a fan of what I think is probably the best animated thing that DC has done, which is Young Justice. Yes, just slightly over Batman the Animated Series. Mainly because – and Justice League and Superman and all that stuff – mainly because I think they did such an excellent job of incorporating all of these characters in such a cohesive storyline. And we've got three seasons, and we know there's a fourth coming. We said, when is the fourth going to be here? And they said, <clears throat> we've been getting a lot of questions about when season four is going to start. And they said it's going to start about five minutes ago when we dropped the first two episodes on HBO Max. And everyone went, what? Really? Seriously? So, yeah, season four, it started yesterday. That's pretty cool. Whatever, you know, Saturday the 16th. Um, the first two shows dropped. I have not had a chance to watch both of them. I watched the first one, and it's going to be weird, but I like it. Uh, That's a plus. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. It, the art and animation haven't changed. The story uh, seems like it's going to be fairly solid. Uh, <clears throat> the voice acting, uh, you know, I think it's all the same people that we've had before. They have a better – this one has the best opening credit sequence so far. Like that's something to cheer about. I'm looking, worried about the show. The show looks good. So bonus points. That's the best thing I've heard so far out of this. Um, followed fairly closely by something about Batman Caped Crusader, where Bruce, T which is the forthcoming Batman animated series, Bruce Tim has said this is going to be more Batman the animated series 
than Batman the Animated Series. Uh, That's interesting. It's it's going to be very dark. There is no Justice League yet. Uh, and because it's starting when Batman does, there is no tech. He, we'll get to watch him invent it as it goes along. We're nice. going to watch him go through several Batmobile prototypes. We're going to watch him meet Jim Gordon and see where that relationship goes. I'm loving the idea of this. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was that there's no date on it yet. I was kind of hoping they would go, oh, and here's the first epi- two episodes of that, too. They didn't. So sounds more like probably a couple of years off. It, it probably does. So this is early, this is the beginnings of Batman, not Batman Begins, but also doesn't it sound like they're doing Batman Year One? I think it might be somewhere in between. That they're just doing another version. I mean, basically, obviously, they're going to keep a lot of the same things, but right. this is not just redoing the comic line of Batman because they've already done Batman Year One. So cool. They did an animated version of it, which was good. By yeah, the way. exactly. Exactly. Uh, that sounds very good, uh, especially uh, the two words. Sticking with Batman, even uh, there's a new trailer for uh, the Batman and it still looks good. And generally, and I've kind of come up with this idea. Generally, they're pretty good with the Bat movies if it's a first one or a second one. Because after that, you get into Batman forever. Mm, not really. Batman and Robin, not as much. The Dark Knight rises. Yeah, don't. Stay down. Um, it, it's when you get to three and beyond that they start not being as good as we want them to be. Like Star Wars. One, it's, it, it's at least a good start. It's a, this, is the first, this is the first trailer that has me excited for the film. I mean, that definitely was interested, but this is the first trailer that, to me really feels like, okay, I can get a sense of where they're going with in this. You get a sense of some of the characters, some of the plot, rather than just like bits and pieces. I really like what, what they're showing in this so far. <clears throat> Looks like this could be a pretty good flick. See, I told you this is going to be descending. because Young Justice, really good. Caped Crusader, not quite as not quite as good, but up there. Batman trailer, not quite as good as Caped Crusader. Now we start the decline. The Flash had a teaser for its movie. And boy, did it look like an episode of the 90s version of the TV show. <laughs> it, I know it's probably not going to be as bad as I'm making it out to be, but it, it, I don't know. Did you see it? It just did not look that good to me. I've seen it, and it, I agree. It doesn't look great, uh, but hopefully. Yes, Batman's cowl is in it. Hopefully we'll see a similar progression just like we did with the Batman trailer where the trailers get more interesting as they go along. So hopefully we'll, we'll do that. I'm not sure. I'm really down with, okay, we have two versions of Barry Allen. This is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. So calm down. Uh, both played by the same actor. I don't really <clears> see the point of that. It's, the, I'm not even sure why they're going with two versions. Why are they having two versions of Barry, Barry Allen? Why wouldn't you have Barry Allen and Wally West? And maybe they will have Wally. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? One of that's the only choice that seems Allen. odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> but I like the fact that we've got at least two Batmans, Batmen. We have guys who dress up like bats. We have there two different versions of those. That's nice. Uh, if they do the story justice, because... No pun intended. If they do uh, 
right by the story. Let's put it that way. This is my favorite DC animated film ever is Flashpoint Paradox. So this is the live action version of it. There's no way they're going to be able to squeeze that all in. No, no, no. But they could do like the first part. Well, and of course the thing is, and, th and that's what's so funny because they do squeeze it all in in the animated version. And how long is that movie? Like 87 minutes? 88. You know? <laughs> and yet we know in the live action version, even if they go two hours and 45 minutes, they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, and for those of you who read the books, yeah, emphasis on the S, that, that was a, yes. a storyline that crossed over every DC book for like a year. So there's, it's not like they're short of material. Right. Um, there was a lot going on in that series, and they crammed not all of it, but a, a good chunk of it into the animated version. Yeah. it's And I haven't heard anything about remotely about are they is this the first of two parts i'm thinking they intend to just kind of launch that concept but this is a standalone film and then it will feed into the rest of it but i haven't heard anything <clears> like <throat> this is part one of two which it really needs to be uh, if they're going to I'll do that story i'm holding out hopes despite the fact that dc has been ugh, less than stellar oh <clears throat> what less than stellar <clears throat> not really but i know we're going to get it <laughs> the Batwoman TV series, which I will admit, I stopped watching halfway through season one, uh, put out a picture where they're introducing the character of Batwing, which okay. is uh, Lucius Fox's son. I, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name. And after I saw what he looks like in this series, I stopped having interest at all in even gathering news on this story. <clears throat> because he looks like he's wearing a cardboard box in the shape of a Batman mask. That's not good. I really, really hope that it was just a bad picture I saw. Maybe I saw it wrong. My glasses had fog on them. I don't know. <laughs> it just, <clears throat> I saw that and went, I have seen better. Pla Dr. Doom looked better in the Harvey Corman version of the Fantastic Four. It was not good. That's rough. That's very, very rough. I watched <laughs> the first season of Batwoman and it was like, okay. But it didn't really give me a reason to keep watching. And and that's probably more than any of the DC TV universe <clears throat> that I've seen, because I've not seen a full season of any of the shows, because at some point they all go completely off the rails. The first, me. I'm going to say the first three seasons of Arrow and the first two of Flash. But yeah, um, <clears throat> speaking of which, <clears throat> last week I mentioned the Titan series. Which I remember the first season of Titans stopped at 11 episodes. I thought season three was doing the same. I'm wrong. It's a 13 episode season, but you know what? Episode 12 didn't help in the slightest. Um, yes, I will finish out the season because we watch things so you don't have to. But yeah, please don't. It's just it's been renewed for a fourth season. I don't know why, because this season had so many inconsistencies so many other issues that i just I, I i cannot say that it would be worth watching again my constant and i'm sure no, people are getting tired of it hi ted i was just going to be less specific but more general it would be nice if the writers of the dc tv series had read one of the comics in their life they seem to have no concept of what the characters are like ever. They, and there's no point. 
of adapting those if they're not going to do it. That's so that's sometimes all. they get close and then they go, no, that's too close. Go over there. And you go, why? Why did you go over there? But that's actually all I got out of Fandom. I know there was mm-hmm. stuff on Aquaman. Yeah, I didn't care it that much. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Sorry. Again, I'm not being sexist. I just after Wonder Woman 84, didn't care anymore. What a train um, wreck. <clears throat> well, it, it, every time I think of that movie, it gets worse in my memory. <laughs> That movie is so, so bad. You want to move on to something that actually looked pretty, even though it was not where it was supposed to have gone? Yes, because that would be the opposite of Wonder Woman 1984. Has there been a worst special effects in a big budget film than that movie in the past, I don't know, 20 years? Yes. I cannot think of what they are off the top of my head, but give me... Get back to us next week. Yeah, tune in next week. Listen to the rest of the show first, but make sure you're here next week. I'll come up with something. So, um, something better. Yes. There you go. Yeah. You remember that character in uh, episode two named uh, Gail that we kind of put in a cryogenic chamber and shot her out in the space? Oh, she and comes we kind back. Of forgot about her for episodes four and five, three and four. Three and four. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we go back to her now. Three. And we get her backstory, which is nice. Basically, it parallels a lot of the current situation in this episode. You know, things like don't melt the ice caps. Okay, got it. Uh, the planet she came from, Synax, is basically Kentucky. Math is evil. You must follow the religion. No, no, just h- how could you have gotten to another planet and not caught on that anyway? <clears throat> now, my one problem with this episode was not that we went back and followed all this stuff and we got to meet the rednecks of cynics or whatever. It's that we are, what, 12,000 years in the future, minimum. Minimum. I think it's a lot more than that, but minimum. And still, no one knows how to aim a gun. Because there's a there, we do go back to the foundation and yes, the shields get dropped. Yes. The people run in with their guns and their guns are shooting uh, machine gun spray only with lasers or energy or whatever. Nobody's getting hit. They're all descended from stormtroopers. Apparently a long time ago, they came back and now they're no aim the gun, point it at someone first, then pull the trigger. They just seem to be not doing that. That's sad. So I haven't seen, I haven't seen the last episode or the episode previous to that, but did we really need more backstory? And get, we already know the backstory of Gail. Did they really need to spend an entire episode? They did do some very interesting stuff that explained why she did what she did, but it could have been done back in the episode where she was introduced. Mm. Um, it sounds like know, they, I'm not saying it was an entirely a bad episode. It wasn't, but I'd like, like them to get back to the story that the book came from. Sounds like they're padding their eight season run is what it sounds like. It doesn't need it. There's a lot of stuff in the book. Do a lot yeah. of stuff in the book. Mm. Unless, unless all eight seasons are the one book. <laughs> that's what, that's all I can come up with for this. Cause th- there's, it'll be, it'll be, run, it'll be running for what, 50 five years. Or six books that Asimov wrote uh, a foundation. And uh, they seem to be sticking somewhere between chapters two and three for these five episodes and making up a lot of stuff that they don't need to keep going. 
I'm just saying. Did you want to do something real quick? I need a drink. I'll do something real quick. I mean, I'm I'm going. Back. I don't have a damn segue for this. I I'm, really I'm going far, very far back. We go from two, 12,000 years in the future, minimum, to oh, about 83, 84 years in the past. So I watched two. This is October, after all, if you're listening in October. And it is the month of horror movies. So I'm back to a couple of the early, early horror films from Universal Pictures. Neither of these are the the big items. Not Frankenstein, not Dracula, not the mummy. But it does star the stars of Frankenstein and Dracula. So two films. The first one is the first one that teamed up Karloff, who is credited simply as Karloff because Universal felt that made him more creepy, and Bela Lugosi. So this is prior to Son of Frankenstein. And this is called The Black Cat. Um, and, and as it said, it is, I can't remember now if it says inspired. I think it just says inspired by the tale of Edgar Allan Poe. And yeah, inspired would be the way to put it. Because there's not a lot in common with the story of the black cat <laughs> in this film, which is okay. So the, the black cat is basically it's Karloff versus Lugosi. Karloff, in this case, is mm, – he was running apparently a – now, this came out in 1934. So he was running – seemed to be like a prisoner of war, maybe death camp, before those became popular in Germany uh, about a decade <coughs> later. Okay. So, yeah. And Lugosi is a doctor who survived that. Karloff basically stole Lugosi's wife and child, and they both died it's in Karloff's care as he was running this facility. And Lugosi has come back 15 years later to have his revenge on Karloff. And because they had to make it more interesting, they decided to, they being the filmmakers, decided to insert this British couple on holiday, and they're traveling along, and they're bus wrecks, and they have they all go merrily along to the a state of Karloff because that just happens to be the closest place. And Karloff, of course, immediately recognizes Lugosi and they're, they've agreed for the sake of these other people to delay their, their face off because they don't want anyone else harmed in the interim. Of course, Karloff is going to murder them because he's evil. Um, basically it's just this battle of wills between Karloff and Lugosi. And it's funny because Lugosi, who we always think of as fairly short, actually slightly taller than Karloff because he's not wearing his seven inch lifts from his Frankenstein boots. Um, huh. But the acting is uh, obviously it's the thirties. So it's a little bit mm, wonky, but really, really good acting. It's fun to see Karloff playing just an out and out villain. Cause he actually didn't do that that often comparatively speaking. And it's also really fun to see Lugosi as basically the good guy. Cause we also didn't see that that often. Uh, there's some interesting, really weird set pieces because it's very, very expressionistic building and weird set designs. And, uh, they have a digital clock. Now it's an analog version of a digital clock with a little tiles flip. But I mean, that's like kind of trippy for 1934 because they're just showing how cool and, uh, and, uh, advanced Karloff is because he's, 
he's an architect and he's designed all this really cool stuff. Now, again, this is not an actual digital clock. He's the kind that has the little things that flip. But uh, still, that was very interesting to see that. That, that. that was new back then. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty cool. And uh, it doesn't have quite, not the set design of like Bride of Frankenstein, which is like incredible, but very cool. It's a very overlooked and it is a classic just because the face off <clears throat> of these two would have been better without the other people because they're just kind of there, there to move the plot along. But Karloff and Lugosi are excellent. Very next year, they paired them back up again, this time in another tale, also inspired very loosely by Edgar Allan Poe, because it's not even a story, because it's a poem, obviously, The Raven. They do perform The Raven at least twice in the film. Running time is about 67 minutes, by the way. Talk about telling the story in a short time. Neither of these films are even 70, 70 minutes long, and yet they managed to tell this entire story. And in this one, Karloff is not quite, uh, not exactly a hero, because he is a criminal who has escaped and he's on the run. And he hears that Lugosi, who is this brilliant surgeon, can change his face. And Lugosi doesn't want to do it. And then he says, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Because he wants revenge, of course, on a judge who has forbidden him from seeing his daughter. Because Lugosi's got the hots for this young daughter. And it's not like creepy young. She's like 21 or something. But still, he's Lugosi. So, of course, the judge doesn't want him hanging around his daughter. Because she's engaged. So he wants to have his revenge because the ghost he's crazy in this one. And so he takes care of Karloff's face. He fixes his face by making him look horrific. And he promises him, I'll fix you as long as you murder the people I want you to murder for me. So yeah, basically he turns Karloff even worse than he was originally. But of course, then they will have a battle of wills because it's again, Karloff versus Lugosi. And uh, so in this one, Lugosi is the mad scientist, yay. Karloff is basically kind of just a common criminal who's turned into something of a monster. I think he's done that before. Not nearly to the extent of Frankenstein's monster, but still. Again, very cool movie. Has, like Universal did a lot, had some actors put in there strictly for comic relief. And that doesn't play that, doesn't hold up that well 80 some years later. But Karloff and Lugosi's performance both do. So two of the lesser known universal classics, but absolutely worth watching. And you can watch both of them in the amount of time it would take you to watch, I don't know, Ernest Scared Stupid or something like that. And you would get a much better film experience. So there you go. <laughs> you have two Karloff Lugosi classics, The Black Cat, The Raven, both definitely loosely based <laughs> on Poe. But... Well. <clears throat> They both, you did they both pay that quite a bit. You did Poe. Po. I got to do Shakespeare this week. There you go. Because my daughter got assigned uh, a project. She has to watch Macbeth and a specific version that's available on YouTube for free from 1979 starring Ian McKellen, Judy Dench, and Ian McDermott sometimes referred to as Emperor Palpatine, depends on your point of view. <laughs> and you'd think that with these actors, <clears throat> holy cow, this is going to be great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Guess what? Ian McKellen is such an incredible actor. I mean, he made me feel everything in this role, which is great because I didn't understand a damn word that came out of his mouth. 
<laughs> uh, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I recognize them as English, and I recognize them as words, but I had never thought to put them together in that order before. Um, for example, but soft. Whatsoever doth lampshade buffet hydrogen bamboo flaxseed duo upon yon discover armadillo, said Macbeth, apparently. And my daughter and I just looked at each other and went, what the hell did he just say? We don't know. We had to get the cliff notes and go, what was that supposed to mean? And, and that brings me to something that happens with a lot of Shakespeare to me. Um, if you have, if it's in the same language and you have to study it to find out what the hell's going on. Is it really that good? Because you I would could say, be studying it and looking at it and going, I think he means this. And if he means that, then it is good. But what if he didn't? What if he meant Flexi Duo upon Yon Discover Armadillo? But you know he didn't. I think he had a stroke halfway through writing this. <laughs> I think the language has changed in, in several hundred years is what's happened. I know. As, as it does. But watching it, it's very hard to watch because there are, you know, I mentioned the three actors. There's a bunch of other people you're going to look at and go, hey, that if he was older, he'd look like that guy from that movie. And chances are it is because this was 1979, which was not exactly recent. I wonder um, why this particular version. I assume because it's free. I, I think part of it is because it was free. Part of it because Ian McKellen, Judy Dench, and Emperor Palpatine. I'm thinking the fact that it's on YouTube doesn't hurt. That, that the people who owned the rights didn't value it much by letting the rights lapse. So they probably didn't think much of it at the time either. Whatsoever, doth lampshade buffet hydrogen. Yeah, it it, it just. The quality of it is 1970s PBS, and there were, you know, the part of Macbeth, which I'll admit is not a play that I ever uh, was assigned, thus I never really looked at very much. The part with the witches, where the witches come up and they mumble things that are supposed yes. to be prophetic. I understood them more than anything Ian McKellen said, and I, I love Ian McKellen, I really do, but damn. If you want, so, you know, I, I suppose if you want to uh, get drunk and watch some Shakespeare, it's on YouTube. It's free. Knock yourself out. I'm going to recommend um, instead that there are other Shakespeare, versions of Shakespeare that work better. That's for sure. I'm even going to throw in Romeo Must Die because I, you know, I haven't watched it recently. <laughs> But it's the version of Romeo and Juliet only with Jet Li and uh, Ilea and the Oakland Raiders. Don't forget the Oakland Raiders. They were there, too. Um, oh God, that was a fun version. Yeah, which I, I, this version of Macbeth, I didn't get. So I, I have to turn down an Ian McKellen movie. I would recommend Throne of Blood, Kurosawa version of Macbeth, which is a terrific film. Although See? you won't understand that one because it's in Japanese but <clears throat> but it has subtitles it does. so if whensoever doth lampshade buffet hydrogen wanders across your screen and you'll go Rob was right that is what he said and that doesn't make any sense <laughs> closed captions are your friend sometimes so, oh yeah. my goodness well I watched something 
much newer than my previous films or your film from the last 79. century. The last mm. century. That sounds so odd, doesn't it? Hmm. Anyway, it worries me that I'm saying that this thing is old and knowing that I was alive when it came out. <laughs> that is bothersome, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I watched something that uh, just came out this year called The Paper Tigers. And yeah. this is now streaming. It's on Netflix. It's on, I believe it's on Hoopla, one of the two library services. It's it's all over the place. I silly, and being silly me, I bought it about six weeks ago and then the week after I showed up on Netflix because that's how I roll. But yeah, it cost me five bucks. But <laughs> I finally did watched it. For it. You. I did it for you. And I finally watched it for you this morning, as a matter of fact, when I finally got around to watching it. So the premise is three young disciples of a Kung Fu master are dutiful disciples and they study really hard. And they're both, all three of them are quite good. One is the standout. And they kind of have a falling out and they move on. 30 years later, the master gets killed in a fight. You don't see who kills him, but the master is killed in a fight. Then 30 years later, the three disciples who are kind of drifted apart, they, they hear this and they go to pay their respects and they reconnect. And they think, oh, couldn't have died from a heart attack. He must have been murdered. It's not really shown exactly how they figured out he was murdered, but they do figure it out he's murdered. He's and so it's their so it's their path. It's their path. And it just looked like a heart attack. So their path is is finding out who killed him and how they did it. But the premise takes a nice twist because it's 30 years since any of them practiced, basically. Well, not true. One of them has a dojo. One of them te teaches. The other two don't. And they're not really very good anymore. <laughs> so this is a comedy drama action thing more on light action and more on light comedy light on the drama so this is definitely a a blended kind of approach but it's really fun um it does have a few parts that are somewhat unbelievable when this guy who has not basically practiced in 30 years and he is able to pull some things together but they show a lot more of him failing because he hasn't done anything in 30 years they show a lot more of the other guy failing because he hasn't done anything in 30 years uh and just them talking about you know because they're all like maybe late 40s pushing 50 and they have not been keeping up with it so uh they're struggling a bit let's put it that way um but they do gradually because this is a positive message film and they do gradually improve as they go along uh is that realistic no it's not realistic but it's not supposed to be it's a fun flick um, stars a bunch of people I never heard of. They all do a wonderful job. Uh, they do, they have a bit of a rivalry with a former uh, rival of theirs from when they were young. And that's mm, not really played for laughs, but it's not, he's not the big bad at all. So they have a little bit of a, a, a melding of the minds to go to another franchise. So overall, it does it does get a little bit uh, unbelievable at a few points, but this is not the kind of film that you're supposed to take all that seriously anyway. Definitely entertaining. Definitely, yeah, I'd say family friendly. I mean, there's some blood and and a few things, but it's but it's it's not exactly uh, the, the Squid Game here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm much better than I expected because this is just some. Little independent flick, 
basically come, coming out of nowhere. It's well-directed. Everything makes sense. There's no huge plot holes. I mean, uh, I mean, there are some decisions they make, which is like, oh, that's kind of stretches it a little bit, but very entertaining. It's, oh, it's very much in the, in the vein of Karate Kid, but it's like Karate Kid 30 years later. And I don't mean the show because I've not watched uh, Cobra Kai. I'm just talking about the films, none of which are really worth a crap other than the first one. Because Karate Kid 2 is, ugh, Karate Kid, none of those movies are worth anything except for the first one, which is a fine, fine film. So if you like the first Karate Kid film, you would definitely like The Paper Tigers. As a, and we are not referring to the one uh, with Will Smith's kid and Jackie Chan. Oh, because that's no. not karate, that's kung fu, damn it. Get your, get your martial arts straight. Yeah, the kung fu kid, which wouldn't have... And they're not still trying to... Uh, shoehorn that child into acting are they 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 have given up on that so. i hope i hope so because surely he he's he has talents and i don't care if he does or not i'm sure he's a fine human being but he is not an actor oh my god i i think if he matures some he he was what he looked like he was six when he did karate kid you know just I'm thinking of After Earth because I did not subject that myself too. to uh, what should have been the Kung Fu Kid because I knew it was going to suck because it starred him. It was like, hmm, Jackie Chan can't save this vehicle for Will Smith's kid. Nothing can save a vehicle for Will Smith's kid other than not having Will Smith's kid in it because. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, he, he's so bad. Clint Eastwood should have put him in that. 317 to Paris or whatever the title was, which was horrifically bad. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, you know what? This week we gave you, well, actually Todd gave you two movies to watch. I gave you an animated series to watch. And the rest of it, you may want to skip because, you know, we do watch movies <laughs> so you don't have to. And I'm going to recommend the uh, opting for the you don't have to part. But we will be back next week with, uh, I think I'll see what I can do about finding the worst special effects movie in the past 20 years. We'll see what comes of that. Until then, uh, uh, yes. It's got to be a major studio. Major, major studio. studio. I know, major studio. Thank you Sharknado very much. Sharknado does not count. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> and Sharknado has better effects than Wonder Woman 84, by the way. So there you go. That's true. So anyway, yes, COVID still exists. Yes, you should still wear your mask if you have to go outside. I'm going to recommend still don't go outside yet. It's not safe. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Holy crimson skies of death!